Hi, I'm Garrett, and welcome to The Conversation. I think conversation is one of the most important tools we have for building and maintaining genuine relationships. In the age of the internet and social media, the conversation is a dying art. While we're technically more connected than ever, it seems more difficult than ever to engage with alternative perspectives in a meaningful way. While we're technically more connected than ever, it seems more difficult than ever to engage with alternative perspectives in a meaningful way. We talk past each other and speak totally different languages without even knowing it. This show is my attempt at working on that problem. I want to learn how to listen better and speak better. I'm trying to learn how to have meaningful conversation and practice what I learn. It's partly an experiment. Maybe if I start having more difficult conversations, I can get better at it. Maybe we can all get better at it. I don't know for sure how it's going to work out, but hey, this could be interesting. So, did you? Any of you guys actually? I asked if you wanted to like kind of make any notes about, like, thinking uh, about we were conversation. To make notes. I don't know. You didn't have to take notes. I, I figured if this was like podcast club, then that means it's it's like take notes. I thought I thought you were people. gonna really lead us. <laughs> I know. I was planning. I mean, on, just I tell us. Tell us what what this. What? Tell us what this means to you. Yeah, I guess that's all. Uh, really, I just gotta say some stuff, and then you gotta tell me why I'm why it's wrong. M- maybe that's actually. Maybe that's the point that I'm going to rest on it in the end is that that's all that a conversation is. It's just yes. you saying stuff and then other people telling you why it's wrong. So maybe that's a good place to start. But I wanted to try to figure out for one thing, well, maybe, I guess where I want to go maybe is to figure out what's the point of a podcast or like what, how can it be useful? But like underneath that question is like, what is a conversation? Like why? I don't know. I, I guess that's a really kind of dumb philosophically way of, of thinking about it. Like what, what it's like not, necessarily a question that leads that much of anywhere but i want to try and figure it out anyways like what is a conversation like why i don't know i thought about that a lot growing up maybe i guess just like why is it that you want to talk to people why do you do that it's like it's like an instinctual thing that you you decide i'm going to go talk to somebody like why (laughs) i I, on one level it's like i guess you usually do it because you have an idea or because you want information but I feel like you do it beyond that. It's just like a pattern of like that's a behavior that everybody engages in, not because they can rationalize it that much. It's just like oh, I need to go and talk to somebody. Yeah. Well, so like the networking to share information has been socially or just evolutionarily advantageous so much that we have an innate desire for it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. So like you go and you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of almost like a religious practice. It's like, okay, I don't have to think about why this is good. I just have kind of a core belief that doing this is good, whether or not I would even say it that way or not. It's like my my actions prove that for some reason I think this is a good thing to do. And it's kind of obvious that, that like, that it ends up making something useful. It, like, it refines I mean, your, something. your experience proves that. Well, you can think of it in the same way as sex where it has a good evolutionary end, but it doesn't always have to meet that or you could have like True. bad okay, that's That's a good point too. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's like a, it's an instinctual urge, but like the urge in itself doesn't necessarily lead to something useful. And it's enjoyable because it usually is. Because it's, yeah, it's supposed to be a, hmm, that's a good point. 
but so I don't know if we want to bother fleshing that out. <laughs> no, I, I, I just think that exactly <laughs> agree. But well, there, like we okay, we just touched on like four things, and then we're not we're just continuing to open up more rabbit holes. <laughs> Well, th- I think that's maybe the the way you start a conversation is you touch on a couple of different things. Well, does everyone agree that conversations are just like in some way advantageous? Like, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> right. okay. I just I lo- I love that doing this right now because it's so meta. <laughs> yeah. Well, quite honestly, I don't think that. So I'm gonna leave. Yeah. <laughs> Disagree. That's why I stayed home. <laughs> You actually can't. You can't disagree with that if you're here. <laughs> For some reason, you well, came here. You could, so no, because you could be in in. A, maybe a, you're in here a, to protest. Well, as we talked about earlier, you could you your beliefs could you could be acting okay, in a way that doesn't align with what you're like intellectually believe. No one mm. voluntarily showed up to do <laughs> <laughs> to disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I, but disagreement is like fundamentally part point, of conversation, though. Well, to so, like, so well, as soon as you start, like, the only reason that you say something back to somebody is to kind of counter it a little bit or buffet it or, like, yeah, yeah, like it's literally I mean, the it, only it, way you say anything meaningful. I mean, not usually because either you're trying to understand it better yourself, or you're trying to change their mind or change your own. Like, you're trying to change someone's mind by repeating it. Like, if you agree, you might be just trying to change your own mind on it by saying it. Because, like, saying something aloud is, is convincing yourself. Sort of, yeah. Okay, well, we were talking earlier about just the concept of belief, because that's a pretty deep hole to dive into. Because, like, so, I mean, Jordan Pierce's position is just, like, your your belief is revealed by your actions. Yeah, yeah, if you act it, you believe it, so. But, I, that, it's like, that's one way of defining it. I'm, I'm not taking that as a definitional stance. I'm taking it as like a a principled stance like if you don't if you disbelieve something you shouldn't act it out because mm-hmm. it's dishonest with yourself. Yeah, you should try to align yourself to be not at odds. You should at, at the very least not be at odds with yourself. And then you can deal with the rest later. But like you should try to do things that you think that you should do. <laughs> but but that's uh, that's like not a, a a low bar, right? Because because none of us and, and I, actually I guess I can I shouldn't say that you should start there because you should that should you should lower the dissonance inside yourself enough so that you, then you can engage with the world. Like if if I was had too much um, conflict, con, uh, I guess just conflict okay. inside of me. I, I that that's so what would prevent me from that Freudian. Uh, uh, repression practice of just like taking the things that are inside of you and laying them out there. It's like any idea that hasn't been said yet is in a really loose way sort of repressed or it like hasn't been put out into action yet. I, I think that may be part of what, what, what talking and having a conversation is about. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you just brought to mind something really important about conversation. Like, how many times have has someone said, I've never said that out loud before. It sounds really stupid now that I said it out loud, <laughs> right? But like, right. and then like, I, I remember saying that and having thought that thing for a long time. But then when you say it out loud, it's like, wait, that doesn't really make sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, to, to quote Kanye so, West, people say, don't say this, don't say that. Just say it out loud. See how it feels. Right. Say it out loud. See how it and feels. And that's why I think Harriet Tubman 
Did free this lit. Wait. wait. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, he was riffing on that. Say it aloud. See how it feels. But that's that's true. It's like sometimes, and that's I mean, it's like before you've said it aloud. All it is is a feeling, anyways. But then for some reason, there's like a, res- a feeling response once you've manifested that idea and turned it into like a more specific thing. And that's why speech has to be free. Because if you couldn't say, just say stuff to see, then you wouldn't really be able to know anything. Well, you're, if you're not free to say like anything, then you're not able to be honest with yourself because you can't express what you actually believe or you think you mm-hmm. believe. Right. But the, I, I think, you know, to, I, th- I, I want to get off free speech in a second because I, I, don't, I don't think that's where sure. the, the core of... Well, I mean, we, we can talk about whatever we want to, but <laughs> I don't think that um, like the free speech thing speech. is... Yeah, I, I'm saying I think that speech should be restricted. It's just that it shouldn't be... Um, it's just I, I don't think that one person should be responsible for restricting speech. Well, I, mean, everyone I think restricts... every individual and every group yeah. should all restrict speech on the level that affects them. Well, I, I think free is... I, I, I'd say... And mean it more in, in an association with like cost. Like we should try to reduce the cost of people to say things in certain scenarios. Obviously, there's high cost scenarios for speaking. Like speech, not all speech is equal in in cost. Um, and I guess it should never be free in terms of there should never be no cost. But generally, we need a subsidy on the cost of speaking because it can easily become can too costly. A subsidy on I feel like cost you mean speech. weight, like the value of the speech? Or? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm using like free in like a, okay. yeah, I'm you're, kind you're of using it as an analogy yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, for yeah. economics in, right. in, yeah, in, in speech where like, right. there, like there the cost, like, cause there certainly is a cost to saying things because that's what, you know, led to a lot of atrocities are, you know, propaganda and, and basically speech can lead to, um, right, right. Okay. Horrible things, but but the cost, I don't know. At some point, needs to be subsidized because well, because you're responsible for what you say, and sometimes it, I guess it can be sort of you can be afraid of saying what you think. So you're saying it needs to be subsidized, and it needs to be encouraged to say what you think because it's worth getting some ideas out there. It's worth. I mean, that I think that's just sort of a, a responsive principle. It's just like usually you should feel free to say what you want to think or say what you want to say. It's just that if the if like you're existing in a cultural story that's like at a point where there's been too much bad speech or something like that and and they're kind of tamping down on speech, then you need to kind of say, "No, you should speak." And so then you want to sort of you're saying you want to subsidize that. That's that's sort of a response to a particular moment in a particular, you know, particular system's story. I don't know exactly what you mean by subsidize in that analogy in, because I understand that it's healthy to have an outlet to express your ideas. I, I think we all agree on that. Like, so that you have a space to be wrong and say something egregious and not be like destroyed for it, not have a huge negative consequence for expressing what you honestly believe. Um, so it's healthy to have such a space, but I, I don't know what you mean by subsidize, like promote uh, people being able to do that or, or encourage them to do it. Yeah, I, I think just not um, bill people for the results of their speech beyond itself, right? So it, it's like uh, with like the riots on the uh, capital. Capital. Yeah. It's like that so many people's words are being 
people are basically billing them for the damage at the Capitol being the result of lots of different people's words, right? Like AOC says that Ted Cruz tried to have her killed. <laughs> what? Yeah, you, that, you know, I yeah, AOC. Uh, I don't. You know who AOC yeah, is? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, she's, she's claiming that Ted us. Cruz she tried to have her. She's killed. that Among Us star, she's a right? Yeah, yeah, she's a streamer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should know. Her. She's super cool. <laughs> she's really good. She at also it, does actually. politics sometimes. So. She also <laughs> does politics. <laughs> Like like accusing other politicians of, of attempted murder. <laughs> Those type of political endeavors. Anyway, I think that like that's obviously she needs to and maybe it was a result of it, but like I don't know if we can we should act like that. We need to like sort of subsidize that. We can't necessarily let individuals shoulder the cost all the way but maybe like i said there is situation so maybe as a as i think to some extent every group does that i don't think that's necessarily even appropriate for the context we were just speaking about because we were talking about honest expression that is a dishonest interpretation of of things that were said like that's that's a whole other conversation because speech is always interpreted though and that's the point is that like so honestly or dishonestly Sure, right. but I mean, so that's the difference. But how do you measure that? Like we all understand what the language. Okay, so there's there's a thing happening where some people are deciding words mean different things, and then it's it's not even possible to follow because it's yeah. it's uh, hypocritical. It's not applied the same way across the board. Okay, so this is actually a per- uh, unless you have like a, a big thing you want to do with that. That is, is a perfect kind of lead into what I actually the thoughts I really had about conversation that I was wanting to kind of flesh out with you guys, which is that I think that conversation doesn't work in that scenario. I, I don't think conversation works when you have no. That's not a conversation, right? It's well, it, it maybe it that's, can be if, that, if there's some feedback a little bit, but I, I like, think that's like verbal warfare. Yeah. Well, that's what I say. I, I think that a conversation can include some some warfare, can, can include some debate, some argument. But we can get into all like the definitions of those things in a sec if we want. But I specifically, I, th- I think that every time, especially like like that adjective, conversational, like that kind of gives. There's there's a little bit of a of an emotional. I, I kind of know what that is. Like conversational is like you sit down with somebody and it's conversational because you just like you start. You start talking and like, what are you doing when you're doing that? When you're having a conversational conversation, yeah, I think it's, that's it's exactly not like Steven Crowder does because those are very, <laughs> yeah, those are extremely point. And so he's really trying to do something and he, and he's a little bit, too, I, I think it's like, that still is a conversation, but he's a little bit too yeah, dead set on doing something that he wants to do. Well, like you, you need to, I guess, export and import information in balance. Right. And he's trying. He's out there generally Just with the intention ideas. to export information. Yeah. But he's his sign says, "I'm trying to import information. Yeah. Come, come, offload information to me." And then you sit down. And then he just like he's like, "Well, now he's I not, can." I don't think he's the right person to do it either. Yeah. Like I like the idea of his little sign that says, "Like I don't even remember what it said." Changed my mind. It's like he literally is not asking people to change his mind. He's never changed his mind. He's he's dead set on his ideas, and he wants to change your mind. It's it's totally dishonest, like one hundred percent dishonest. So I, I I like the idea of the show, but I think it's a really shitty show. You think it should be called Change Your Mind? Yeah, Change Your Mind because you're wrong. I'm mm-hmm. Stephen Crowder, and it, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and then and and he he's he is funny it's, though it, yeah. in detail and in in the broad picture, like he's he's out there 
while they're filming trying to export his ideas and then he vi- films it puts it on the internet so he can export his ideas even further <laughs> like the whole model right. well, is just to export his ideas and sometimes there's a, there's an inadvertent uh, like he accidentally exports better ideas than his own and, and, and proves that he's making a bad point by just there being some good conversation. But I, th- I think th- usually those conversations tend to go south because people are kind of identifying him as like a, uh, I don't know, some argumentational guy who wants I, to go I, I and just cause drama. That's kind of what I meant with he's the wrong person for it. I just right. don't think he has the right demeanor. Yeah for talking to people gently right well so okay evan and i talked briefly about this about the idea of the yes and principle that's like a that, that's uh what's it, improv 101 like that's yeah. the, basically the, the the bottom of like this is how you form something together it's how you build a scene together and i think that's kind of what you're doing when you have a have a conversation with somebody especially if you don't know them very well too is that you're trying to build a bit of a bridge of commonality i, I was thinking about in terms of like you're building a room and you figure out how big that room is with every statement you guys make and you only push back if it's like no that that those terms are not ones that i, I want to get behind or like it's like you, you've said something that's a little bit too far out of because to some extent everything that you say everybody could push back a little bit on it just for no reason and and try to make you explain it more in more detail or something like that but like you kind of get you build a little bit of room of, of some general ideas and then you keep on talking until there's something that, that says, ah, well, let me push you back there. Or let me, well, here's my thoughts on that. Like you start the response at the disagreement, but you try to build some place of, of agreement first because until there's a common room for you to meet in, there's no changing each other's mind. Or there's no, you know, good faith exchange of ideas. You have to kind of, to some extent, figure out to what extent you're on the same team or you're the same group, the same family. You're smiling. Uh, you got an idea? I was listening to Bad Friends earlier, <laughs> okay. and they were talking about improv, and they're trying to teach. Uh, teach yeah, Rudy. Yeah, and he's like, you can't say anything wrong. There's no wrong answers. I know she's trying to answer all their questions. <laughs> like they're asking her just like history questions. She's trying to answer them all correctly, but she needs to answer all of them incorrectly. Right. That <laughs> like should improv be, that would be is the just best. like keep yeah. going, don't stop. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to see how how far the idea of improv and comedy still applies to the yes and principle you're using in regular conversation. Yeah. Well, so the the yes and principle I think only is the principle for establishing something. So it's, it's for it's for building a place to have a conversation in, and that's like so the the fundamental. It's yeah, it's for building a premise because you can't your your pre- can't, premise can't be that you disagree. If it is, you immediately just sideline that and say, okay, well, where can we start? As, as soon as you have a disagreement with somebody, you try to figure out where your common ground is anyways. So you you discard that disagreement anyways. Isn't and, that where you start then? With the disagreement? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's easiest to find out what you both don't. Like, I mean, even pre-conversation, there's communication about what's not going to happen, right? Like, I'm not going to immediately attack you. And you sort of but that's signal agreement. that. That's agreement. It's it's agreement about what's like not going to happen. Right. But I'm saying that you, like, if there's things that you both, okay, and this is kind of abstract, if there's things that you both want to happen that are not in agreement, you don't start there. You figure out, because if, if one of you is actually going to change the other person's mind and kind of hammer their ideas down into, into something that is more useful or more truthful, then are, you're, are you saying you shouldn't start there? Because I think you probably do start there. 
that, that's what like makes you interested. If you want to do something, no, it's not that what what makes it interesting. You're saying they should an interesting conversation should start where there's disagreement is what you're proposing. No, I'm saying that an interesting conversation should start with agreement. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm saying that you, then, you have well, to start by building a mutual room for you to have sure. a conversation and to exchange ideas. You're in. using interesting in there and it needs to, that's what's throwing it off because actually conversation starts being interesting at disagreement. Right. Whereas and the so, conversation starts at agreement right. and then it becomes interesting okay. when you hit the disagreement. True, true, true. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, th I, think, I think you said conversation and I inserted the word interesting because I was trying to understand what you meant. Yeah. And I think that's that's what sort of uncovered that for me was when you said interest because I think really that's what we're getting at is is there's the rest is just sort of playing through a, a basically a script right that that's the psychological idea that contrasts the idea that you were talking about improv right so at some like when we're not having conversations we are basically just running scripts. That's I think it's that's the name what what they call the psychological what do you mean? idea. What's the running scripts? You're, you're saying like, like you're scripting is is what it's called when you're basically having the conversation in your head, right? And but and then generally when you well you start having the conversation, you run that script until you get off the script, and then if you're you know a good con conversationalist, you don't panic, you improv, right. Oh yeah, true. and that's okay. going to be at the okay, disagreement. Yeah. So, so that's sure where your script wasn't the same who were as my script. Introverted growing up could understand like a conversation not going on to plan and planning a conversation beforehand, and then it just never works. And so, like <laughs> yeah. you talked about at the start about conversation uh, being good experiences, like it, it uh, it's proven to be useful. Well, for a lot of people who are very shut in, like when, once you're past your 20s and you're still very introverted, you've probably had a lot of bad conversation experience, right. like just very awkward communication in general. And so that creates a negative feedback loop. Like you're just not good at conversation yeah. at that point. Yeah. And, and that's another interesting thing. It's just like, I don't think I, until maybe a little bit recently, thought of conversations being something that like, that's a skill that you have to actively learn how to do well mm -hmm. because it's 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 like improving, but it's not just i mean to, to have a conversation that is useful you have to get past the improv thing too you have to learn how to how to disagree in in such a way that doesn't just because one one of the bad experience things like why is, is a conversation considered a bad conversation or like why do you not want to have a conversation is because somebody shut you down in such a way that you felt not comfortable to share any more ideas you wanted to leave or you just you wanted to stop that conversation and maybe not ever have a conversation with that person again or anytime soon. It's like, so they destroyed the room. They burned the house down. So learning how to, like as we've said, the only way a conversation gets interesting is disagreeing, but that's also the dangerous point because that's where you, you light a match and is this match going to bring a little bit of heat and warmth to this house or are we going to burn it down? So, yeah, how do you, how do you, dis, how, how do you, I guess, well, this this maybe goes into because we we talked a little bit about this w with Jared, and that's going to come up eventually. Um, the idea of stakes. That like when you have a disagreement with somebody, if they feel like their the friendship is on the line, like I mean, I definitely have had that experience with certain friends. Like, it's scary. It's like I I don't want to have a disagreement with you because I know that if if we don't agree here, then that means I'm out, and so. I don't, I don't want to have a disagreement with you. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's like, how do you, how do you 
make somebody comfortable enough to know that hey i'm gonna that's on them you yeah make it... someone like that well i i think you i, I think that's what house hospitality is it's like inviting somebody into a space and saying hey, hey yeah you, you can make the situation better right so it's yeah it's not totally in your control but there's a there's a sense to which you have to kind of I mean, and a lot of it might be body language or like tone of voice or using even choosing what dialect of English you want to want to speak. If you talk all technical language, like I notice when I'm talking to somebody who's really an, an intellectual, even if I like fancy myself an intellectual, as soon as they start talking with really technical terms or like citing their sources, part of me wants to shut down because I'm like, crap, if I say something wrong, they're going to explain to me why I'm wrong. I have like, there's no grace to be wrong here. Because they're they know why I'm wrong somehow, or it's like it's just like a fear of intellectualism, or like, yeah, something like that. I don't know. But so you have to, yeah, yeah, you have to be careful what, how you speak. You you can you can signal that you're okay with you know, you you can signal that it's okay to be wrong or okay to say something that you're not going to quite agree with in a lot of ways. I think smiling and I think yes ands are a great way to establish that. It's just that there's a key moment of like. You say no. Yeah, but I think like Andrew says is is at some point if the person is ideological, they're too they they associate themselves too heavily with whatever position you're disagreeing with mm-hmm. for you to have a conversation about that. And right. so you like it kind of to me would get down to your definition of like a friend like. Like or like somebody a conversation partner versus somebody you can just be like civil with, right? Right. So it's like you you can still be around yeah. them, but you're you just now set a limit where well, c- well c- they civility the is like maybe even similar to friendliness, which is like the attribute of like making somebody feel as comfortable or like closer to that level of the comfortability of being a friend. Because yeah, with a friend, like the way we even have this rank ordering of like acquaintance or like associate and friend. And like brother, even if it's somebody who's not flesh related, it's like you might call somebody like, that's my brother. It's like that, that's where you're at the level that there's literally basically nothing you can say that would, that would make them reject you. But there's varying degrees before that where like, okay, we go to this far. And if you cross this line, then I reject you or I reject your ideas. Or I don't, I don't even quite know how that works. How, how do you decide whether or not you reject somebody or reject their ideas? Because like, I mean, I guess on the surface level, when you're just starting a conversation with somebody, you're just figuring out whether or not you feel like investing enough time to have a longer conversation with them. So the, the stakes are pretty, at least the the vulnerability of that conversation or like the, the, the potential for it to just like end, the end of that relationship could be very sudden because like if you just aren't saying things that are interesting to me, I might just go somewhere else. But like... Well, interesting, you mean like... Whoa. it's like okay so so interesting is probably that that golden ratio of i agree with you about some ideas but then you're saying some things that i haven't i haven't got to those conclusions so why is that but Mm -hmm. i don't feel like you're just totally nuts well that's exactly call back from earlier like interesting conversation is where you start to disagree right exactly so if someone agrees with you too much that's not going to be interesting and you're not going to be friends if someone disagrees if someone right. disagrees too much, then that could be an amazing friendship. Or if they're too associated, you know, it, it ha- it's to do with um, how invested they are in an, a, a disagreed idea. 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, you use the word ideological about something. So, if someone is ideological about something, you can't convince them away from it, and there's really no interesting conversation to be had because you're talking to a wall. Well, and I, they just think you're wrong. I disagree. I think it could be interesting. I think the problem comes in when they take offense. So, the well, problem that I that's see. That's what I mean when someone's ideological about something is that they hold onto that idea so firmly they refuse to be convinced away from it yeah but that's not the problem the problem for me is when they're offended that you disagree with it i we don't we can we i I, i'm someone that holds on to their idea so heavily that they could never be convinced away i want to gain information from them about what they believe as long as they can with withstand the whatever it, it will require more force because of how associated with the idea they are and if they can tolerate that force enough to have the conversation, I, I think that's still a really good conversation. But if they start right. becoming offended and hurt by the, the force that the conversation requires, then that's where it's going to stop working. Mm-hmm. Yeah. it's There really is a sense of just like you... I think I, I remember a long time ago, there was a, there was a family friend because that my parents liked to talk to his parents because... They had a really hard time figuring out how to raise me because for some reason I was a I was a complicated case for them. So but the, the for whatever uh, reason that was <laughs> Ooh, <no>. they, <laughs> but this this mutual friend, he he's he was a bit older, so he, they were able to kind of consult his parents on like, you know, well what did you what did you do with, with him during this time? Actually, it's funny I, I could say who his name it is because we interviewed him already. This is Tyler. Yeah, so he but something he told me when I was really much younger is that like because I I had a habit of I guess making inappropriate jokes <laughs> and I was like I'm just trying to be funny I'm just trying to have fun here and he like basically just explained to me the principle of like you know not everybody's gonna think everything's funny which should be pretty obvious for a lot of people for apparently it wasn't for me but he told me about this this method he had of throwing out a test joke it's like it's not quite as edgy as the one he really wants to tell, but you can see, kind of feel out the crowd a little bit and see how edgy of memes can we can we throw around here. And that was a really good crutch for me to start walking on it as I learned how to have a conversation and how to tell jokes in a more appropriate way. <laughs> because, yeah, my problem growing up and probably still to some extent is very much just like not sensing when I've made people uncomfortable and just pushing things too far whether it comes to humor or whether it comes to just a disagreement because like again i'm interested in interesting conversations and we already established that interesting conversations like the interesting part is the disagreement and like i don't know for some reason i really like not always i mean just like expounding on information can be interesting as well true okay that's a good point but uh informative or disagreement can be interesting too but for yeah for some reason like the emotion like so there's the idea yeah just learning things that's exciting i guess i really like that too i don't know but like there's something that's really you're just trying to find there there is a huge emotional high for me that comes from like a a good disagreement i mean is that exciting is that less of a conversation like the informational like engagement is less of a conversation right because it's more of a question answer or just direct lecture right yeah i i think i think that that you probably there probably should be a line there yeah because because yeah like when you're listening to a lecture or you're listening to somebody deliver a sermon or a teaching that's not the same thing as a as a conversation Mm -hmm. 
Well, I guess you could be receiving somebody doesn't agree with you, but they're giving you feedback on just the way you're expressing or somebody agrees with you and they're giving you feedback on the way you're expressing it. But then I guess you're still the disagreement is now located in the um, expression, not the topic. It's still a disagreement where you're, you're learning how to flush out an idea and you're not necessarily in disagreement with the other person, but you're even it could be mutual. You're helping each other express it. Right. Well, it's just that you're not ever you don't get a chance to disagree with the person because the person the person never gets fully manifested in the, the phrases that they're saying. Like you only mm-hmm. get to disagree about the ideas that have come out of their mouth. So like it doesn't you, you never know whether or not you disagree with the person. You can mm-hmm. only just play with the words that you're throwing at yeah. each other. Yeah. And, and I guess that's the problem with the ideologue is you think you're having a conversation about the ideas and the other person thinks you're having a conversation about with them. them. Right. And because then they've, they've lost themselves in, the, in ideas. the ideas. Yeah. Right. Which is a, yeah, a really scary and very dangerous place to be because, uh, I forget there's, there's a guy who said a quote, I don't know the name of, of the guy, but the quote is like ideas exist so that they can die instead of us or something along those lines. But it's is like, that why, is that why Christ is the word? <laughs> there you go. Be sacrificed. <laughs> Exactly. Wow. That, that's another. That's another good tie into the Christ is the word, because yeah, you can you, you, your you words can die. Words. You can yeah. lay them out there, and and that's a vulnerable thing. So it's 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 a humble thing to lay your words out, and then because you might be wrong, your words will die for your sins. <laughs> <laughs> your words are your sins also, and they will die for your sins. <laughs> so is Jesus sin too? Then well, he's the word. <laughs> <laughs> Two two theological yeah I don't know. there's some problems with that like your, your <laughs> words being sin I I kind of disagree with that a lot of people are pushing that idea that you're you can't say bad things anymore like right. there's a line between doing them and saying them there's definitely a line saying bad things isn't violence well well, well your, your words though. that are sins are the ones that have to die and the words that aren't sins are the ones that you don't that that hopefully can well, live the, the, and represent you, you know, to to kind of expand on that the 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 Christian perspective on speech though is like the, you know, now I, now I see things partially and incomplete. All that I know is that's the first Corinthians quote. Paul says, all that I know now is partial and incomplete. And it's, you know, there's the, the poor mirror thing, or there's, there's another thing. There's, there's another verse somewhere about like all knowledge being incomplete or something like that. It's just that, that yeah, anytime that you say anything, it's always a sin. Or I guess there's the all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's, and I think that that expands to just because you're manifesting a part of yourself when you speak, uh, you can extrapolate that piece of that kind of theological statement that like everything that you say is a manifestation of a broken, you know, a, an, an incomplete person. Well, I, guess. I don't know who it was, but a philosopher says that speech isn't ever actually going to be fully true, right? Or like the words themselves don't actually get to the actual meaning entirely. They they try to get as close as they can, and maybe using yeah. more words, you That's can getting at too, hopefully yeah. get in the general direction. Right. But. And the the more good words you use, the more you can at least approach, you know, manifesting the idea. Or on the other, and, and on the <laughs> other side of the idea, the words are the only thing that are the reality. Okay, inter- uh, expand on that a little. <laughs> like we only we only mean. interact with the the word. So anything that doesn't have a word doesn't exist. Because well, what is it? Name it. 
well now has a word and now it exists so you only interact with things with right. words well I, no i i don't think that's quite right because even if you haven't vocalized it yet you can like perceive something and like in your head things, i kind of separate it from the rest of reality and think of it as a thing things happen on like a deeper it, it well, can, I, it can I be on a visual in, level in, you're just in your head now associating a, a label to it okay but a it's boundary not a, it, almost like words are like are boundaries. words spoken like is it a word until it's spoke spoken uh well i it's hard <laughs> to say from this point in time like can <laughs> can ancient people internalize language they can't they couldn't read in their head reading in your head is something relatively new right um so i don't know wait what Apparently, apparently, people yeah, used they, to not be able only to read out loud, and someone, some like probably a biblical. <laughs> he was like a sorcerer. He was reading, or like that. He was reading a, a page without reading it out loud. It. Like, how are you reading that? <laughs> well, like most people couldn't read at all, right? And then right. the people that could read, most of them could only read out loud, and then a select few. And there's like a, a, a kind of theories about prominent historical figures being. I can't name any off the top of my head, but being the ones that were able to read in their head, and it was a, a significantly advantageous ability. <laughs> I know. I, guess. I just forgot that that's a skill you learn. Higher learn. And like back in the day, I was able to do it first before my sister. And like, <laughs> how do you always well, you, use you, your lips your when you read? Education on <laughs> literacy is historically like only for kings, right? The yeah. Education and the thing is, received, we also started when we were children. Like we, we we had so many advantages. I still feel like we're dumber than people back like two hundred years ago, though. Even ways. though we've been, yeah, like I feel like they had a, a so way stronger memory. Yeah, memory. Yeah, and just speaking ability. Like <laughs> yeah, we, most of our communication isn't verbal anymore. Mm -hmm. So well, we just have we've outsourced memory technology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like it's basically right. based on the the technological environment that we're in. Certain. We we outsource or insource certain yeah, skills, in house, insource, in house, in insort, insort. <laughs> but I kind of like. Do you outsource your attention span, or is that just a lack of outsource? No, what? you don't. You don't. I'm just. I'm just saying. Like, there's some things that we outsource because that's beneficial to us, but other things just happen as a result of the environment that we're in, which is the shorter attention span. I mean, outsourcing your attention span would be like setting timers, <laughs> your schedule. Oh, true. Okay, mm -hmm. that, that that's a bit more. Well, that, that's we're getting off topic. Yeah, that gets a little bit because like there's a. Have you guys seen the most recent Vsauce about time? No, you didn't. You should watch. It's Vsauce? really. I, I I'm pretty sure it's it's a new one. It's, oh, it's the way time moves good. and like you yeah, interact it's about with time. perception yeah. of time and yeah. like this oh, time like speeding up. Oh, so like now. Well, like it's the the in it's uh the most interesting thing that I found in it was uh, in time travel. So, uh, interest in time travel is a modern thing because, uh, like, pre-modern people would be like, "Why would I travel in time? It's just going to be like now, but with different people." Whereas for us, different we have a perception about different places in time being radically different from mm -hmm. the present. Whereas that that's relatively new because of a. A frequent amount of, of change. Yeah. Yeah, if you yeah. were to change, go back 200 years from like now? 300 BC to 500 BC. Yeah, it's the exact and, same. Like yeah. you're just looking <laughs> at just, a few grandparents. It's more back. lonely. You don't have many. <laughs> you don't have any relationships. No community. Yeah. Well, probably language has evolved a tiny bit. 
but you might even be able to develop relationships easier than we would 200 years in the past because you'd have still more right. in common. So, more in common. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. so this loops back to what we were talking about earlier is uh, language skills. So being outgoing is kind of like the ability to improv with new people. Try to just be a little closer. Right? So um, if, if you're, again, more introverted, you can be more open with people that you know well because you've practiced speaking with them you kind of know what's coming and the, the sort of language they use mm -hmm. if you're more extroverted you're probably a better improv conversationalist right. being able to speak with new people in a way that they're going to understand so i'm not sure whether people would have those sorts of skills to meet people from a different time because they only speak with the people in their proximity in their own time, in their own neighborhood, which all speak in the same sort of way. I feel like there's some things that are just universally human, though. There's there's like sure. some level of relation that's like deeper than culture and and like society at the moment. Yeah. And, and and like intuitive communicators will pick up on the things that are even more well, human. Religion is fundamentally that's that's the touchstone. Is like. It's supposed to be kind of a collection of the patterns that exist lower than our than our individual subcultures. It's like that's the patterns that we all live on. Well, is is language <laughs> even more primordial? Like than is like communication itself? Like he's saying, like we have something in common. That's just basically our species, and that we are a social species that tries to communicate. Well, like a thing that that came to mind is you know, like the joke in the Bible about how. God's going and taking a dump, and that's why he's not answering their prayers. <laughs> that yeah. joke is still funny to us because right. we all go to the bathroom. Well, yeah. So like, that's okay, like, true. Yeah. Like, so, so, yeah. <laughs> pooping is 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 one of the universal, fundamental parts yeah. of being a creature. And he still in made the a animal poop kingdom. joke, and it's still funny. Right. But the thing, like so, but the thing I was saying about religion is that so yeah, we can relate to all beings that process food and shit it out on that level because we all do that. But it's like if there are patterns that literally everything that exists follows, then, well, I mean, that is a pattern. Everything exists, follows. Everything, everything shifts. Well, everything lives. <laughs> everything that lives does that process in some way. <laughs> is there a book on that? Yes. Called kid, everything shifts. Well, is everybody poops. Is, is it like entropy? Everybody poops. <laughs> yeah. Is it talking about how like black holes poop or something like that? Do we? Because because we we create meals that are like specific items and then we merge them together so it's basically the law of entropy which all matter you know okay we're, we're just we're <laughs> so, just yeah. machines for want, entropy but see entropy was a better like a, almost a more religious story to tell about that pattern than poop uh, but i actually <laughs> may, maybe poop is better because we can it, it's a more visceral and more emotional reaction like i can follow that story better when you say entropy it's like that's a pretty vague and difficult like scientific concept well, to understand. it's just more modern i guess right but poop is something I can understand. I know yeah. what poop is. I've done one before. <laughs> Goes way back to Bible times, too. All the way back to Bible times and before. I don't know about before, though, because I haven't read anything about it yet. <laughs> okay. But so, all right. Let's let's circle back to, to specifically disagreement, because that's something that I want to really explore, especially because that's what I want to try to work on with this podcast, I think. Um, I specifically want to figure out, I think there's a critical line where the disagreement says, 
you know, hey, we're, we're not going to be in a relationship anymore. We're going to end this conversation or we're going to end our friendship. We're going to end our association. And and like there, there's a reason that there's a like, like there's a time that you actually need to do that. Like, I don't think excommunication is intrinsically a bad thing. You need to decide who's on your team and who's not or who's kind of part of your experiment with life and who's not because you can't include everything or else you aren't anything. And so I guess, well, so with, with the room building thing, you can take somebody, you can have a conversation with somebody, even if a lot of your overlap, like a lot of your community, like you're not exactly in the same community, you might be able to build kind of a really small sub community, a really small relationship, something that you relate on a set of topics that you say, okay, we agree on this. What can we build from here? And then you can have a useful conversation with, you know, given those those premises. But like, yeah, like I, I, I don't know why it is that like some people seem to be able to have a conversation with everybody and some people just, it makes them really uncomfortable. Because yeah, like I mean, you look at somebody like Joe Rogan and he'll talk to like anybody and he'll almost always be able to say yes and I mean, he'll still push back at certain times. Sometimes he's the guy seems to get a little bit, you know, a little bit too angry, a little bit too annoyed, or something like that. I don't know, too argumentative. But yeah, like how how is it that you can turn any conversation? Is it possible to turn any conversation into a useful one? Maybe that's a good question. I don't think I think a conversation has two parties, so you can always you can probably always do more to be better at making the conversation uh, work, but you're never going to be able to, even if you're at 100% doing everything you should do, that doesn't mean the conversation's going to work. Because it but requires... How do you... Well, I guess to kind of let the rubber meet the road, I think the reason I wanted to even do this, or the reason that I that kind of signal to be that, like... And I'm just kind of telling this story to myself because maybe this is the reason. I don't really know. For some reason, I just wanted to do this. But I think part of the reason might be that, like, I can see in my family some family members are not willing to talk to other family members. And I want to figure out if that's an okay position to have. Like, I, I guess maybe it lands a little bit on family. Like, well, what do you mean by okay? What what's okay? When did, when did I say okay? You, you asked some people, uh, whatever they can't they can't talk to each other. Is that an okay position to have? Like, I I guess is that is there a time when that's the right decision to make? Like, is that well? There's a time when it's not the most wrong decision. Like, like it's sort of a survivalist. I guess. I don't, I don't know if that's the right question because, like, yeah, there's a time when that's appropriate, but the problem you're taking is that you don't agree that your family member is taking the stance at the head of this conversation they're having uh, is is right. So there is a right time to take that stance. Right. I just don't think that it's right. But right you don't now. think it's right in this circumstance. Yeah. So I think you should ask a different question. And... and <sighs> Like so, why I thought what you were getting at with this is, is you see a need in society, generally speaking, which society is an extrapolation of your family in yeah. that sense. Like the, the subject matter yeah, expands out. That was out just a real signal to me anyways. that this is a problem that's reaching everywhere, and now it's yeah. hitting me. Yeah, 
very personally. And so there's there's something in society that's happening that that you're trying to figure out. And I'll just say a couple of things. One, I think I think you're a appropriate person, an appropriate person to have conversations like that because you have such an interest in conversation and disagreement and you're open to hearing other people's disagreements. Um, I don't know what advice we can give on how to get better at that that skill of talking with people that you disagree with, but that's an interesting endeavor. And I would ask, are you more interested in speaking with people who you disagree with and getting better at that, or garnering advice from people who may have better ideas about how to address these problems in society. I, I don't really know. I've, I've been kind of pitching the idea to everybody who I've been asking if they want to come and hang out and have a conversation as sort of both saying the point of this show is to learn how to have these conversations better and have them. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, say a couple other things. Okay. So Go keep on. going then. Well, We touched on uh, low-consequence conversation, which is just basically just doing things in real life and treating other people as uh, like community. I think that's a f word we were lacking in uh, the friendship acquaintance group. Yeah, okay. So like someone who's in your community, you're not going to throw them out because they say something you disagree with. Like they can just be wrong on that and it's fine. Um, well, but okay, to, just to really quickly push on that or, or just figure it out for a second, what is a community based on? Or I guess maybe communities can be based on different things because sometimes a community is literally based on whether or not you believe something. Yeah, okay, so you touched on like a, a grand community can be everything that poops. <laughs> that may be the, that's probably be the best community based be on part of. <laughs> uh the the scary thing which you mentioned was ideologies right. so people I, I think we have better language like i wouldn't i'd say that calling everything that poops a community makes to me is is not the proper use of the word community no i, think there's I, a I, I don't think so requirement. But, yeah but i i think it's bigger than ideology I think it should be treated as bigger than an ideology. So something we've talked about is the the campfire conversation where people can f freely go and just hang out with some neighbors and it's okay to say things that other people are going to disagree with because it's just a relaxed environment and you're just spitballing. Like you're throwing this idea out there and you want to hear what people have to say about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's not ideology either. I don't think, I think community has nothing to do with attributes. Like, People think that like the way it's used today is we we see a common attribute and call that a community, the black community, yeah. the common attribute yeah, skin color. Really community dumb. has nothing to do with. Yeah, I, don't it, think it, I think it literally true. has to do with a, a relationship. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Like you have to like to know extent, the person's name at least. That's but so the, the the most like loose form of a relationship was just would just be people that that agree on some topic. Well, they they have to they meet to agree. They, they'd have to at least have the no, conversation I don't, I, I don't that they th agree. Because I, I think it's just a looser community. And, and I think I think the problem that you're addressing is just that we've begun to think about communities a little bit too much as just one attribute communities. It's just like metrics do play into our definition of a community. It's just that when it becomes only one metric, then it's not a very good, or it's just like 
that's a very 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 loose so community. what's the minimum number of attributes that have to be in common to call right. it a community? i don't have to I, that, that's not an it's not a math problem it's a feeling problem it's like if i feel that we're a community then we are one probably it's like i don't know a community but i'll i'll, mm. I'll know it when i see it or when i feel it okay so a community is something you feel you're a part of not something that is able to be seen from the outside you feel dutch well it's it's both i mean you can see a community from the outside you can point at it and say that's a community but you don't have to be able to and you can't okay. just because you see it as a community doesn't mean that it is well, it doesn't it's become a of, word until you point at it and say that's a community like you said <laughs> well but but they, then if the community disagrees are they still a community if right. you say that's a community and they're like i i don't believe i don't feel like I have anything. <laughs> well, okay. Now I'm thinking community. Is that, is the word common? Is that commun? Uh, yeah, I think commune. yeah. No, to commune together together. But anyways, like these are all kind of moot. Like okay. if someone these are feels, all moot. Let's get to the real. If, yeah, shit, if someone Andrew. feels they have something in common with another person, like oh, like we're both Dutch, we can get along over that and talk about things that we understand in our culture, yeah. or we're both black and we can understand that part of our experience in life and so we can be a part of a community together or we live in the same neighborhood i oh, man branford things like we talk about that right um like so it just having anything in common can be a basis for forming a community mm -hmm. but a problem arises when you take a hard line stance over um people being outside of a particular community being unacceptable now I didn't quite finish the idea I was talking about a moment ago. Um, we'll have to just come back to that. I've lost it. I now. remember it. Well, you guys went back and forth for like four minutes. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I think the community thing is, is interesting. Um, there was something you just said that sort of peaked. Now I'm losing it. You both lose your thing. Well, well, okay, no, you, no. You, you sit on that. But, <laughs> you got but, something to get, okay. Yeah, so I was talking about like you wanted to subsidize conversation that is healthy, which I call like the campfire conversation where it, there's, there's low consequence for throwing out ideas. Mm -hmm. And that is just the opposite we've all talked about of what social media is where there's high consequence for saying fucking anything. <laughs> in low cost like you just, I mean, everyone you just like, can do it wait you have that opinion unfriend like you just lost 10 friends like what the hell it's it's just it's well, ridiculous cost it's it's funny because it has the appearance of being extremely low cost for some reason mm -hmm. it's masqueraded as like you just say anything you literally tell people what you're having for lunch like you don't don't tell people what you're having for lunch that's private information okay tell somebody who cares about what you're having for lunch what you had for lunch you just tell everybody that that <laughs> <laughs> it's like upfront upfront low cost but you're like deferring the cost and then it's super heavy whereas you're, like the like in person okay, yeah. conversations are the opposite you like basically getting there is the hard part like getting to a relationship or being in person at a event with someone and then well like, part of part of what makes a conversation part of the way that you um that what did you say you you um you subsidize a conversation you subsidize people putting their words out there as that you make that you make the the punishment for leaving larger than the punishment for just saying something dumb because if we're having a conversation and you say something i disagree with or i say something that you disagree with and you just like kind of make a joke about it that might make me feel a little bit humiliated or like a little bit bad but like 
there's a lot more of a social frowning on me just standing up and leaving. It's like, whoa, what's up with that guy? He couldn't he couldn't take like being told he was wrong. That's like that guy is is not is not stable emotionally. Like that that's a that's a big cost to pay if you just stand up and walk away. On social media, we totally flip that and we just say we like we just make it totally appropriate to just not engage if you don't want to. And to also ignore messages, except for <laughs> except for we also have now that stupid little indicator that says whether or not somebody's read your message or not. So that it's kind of well, a two I, sides I think, of that. I think personal messages are, are a bit different. They're a bit than, better yeah. than than general posts. Where yeah, I think I think that's a good good point about the the ability to kind of disengage and even like people it, like it's almost become a spectacle on the internet. Like people unfollowing you, like. Whoa. So like, dramatic. Like, yeah. I unfollowed I don't know, 10 I don't know people if it's even today. anyone's fault. Like, I just don't think people are good at communicating in that way. Right. Like, we rely well, so heavily on so many things which are more than just the text words. Mm-hmm. And then someone sends you text words and you're like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it's the problem of being overly invitational and inviting way too many people into the same room to have a conversation and not actually having any bearing on, like, what you agree on. Like, there's no good... That that's that's not a good way to have a conversation. You can't start a conversation by just saying you agree, disagree with everybody about everything. But you also can't have a good conversation, or you can't build a good relationship or build a good community by just inviting everybody in and saying just say everything. Don't tell me what I can't do. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I think might work. Yeah, I'm kidding. <laughs> because yeah, so the, the problem of, of of being too invitational, for one thing, it's boring. Because yeah, we, like we, like we already discussed a conversation begins to be interesting as soon as you find out what you disagree on because it's like oh there's there's the information okay so maybe we can unpack that for a second because like why is it interesting for somebody to disagree with you it's like it, that's a signal for adventure it's a signal that whoa there's something i maybe don't know here because that doesn't make sense and like making sense would be like lining up with all of the kind of the things i believe or the things i understand already so it's like oh this is a signal that there are things out there that I don't understand. Maybe maybe I just don't understand why you're wrong and you're going to explain it to me and then I'm going to be able to point to why you're wrong, but maybe I'm going to understand why I'm not right or why I'm wrong or why there's something that I haven't I, have, I haven't understood yet that maybe you have something to, to offer to me. So like disagreement sh- like it makes sense that that's a signal for for interest because like I don't care about just like if you just sit there and tell me what you agree with me about that's, I'm just hearing stuff I already know and believe. To some extent, that can be a little bit, you know, affirming. It can be kind of nice to have somebody just tell me I'm right. But it, you know, circle jerk is a, is has a negative connotation for an obvious reason. Like people just telling, patting each other on the back is like, it's it's, it's not useful. It's useless. No, it's it's not useless. Obviously. <laughs> I'm contradicting it's, myself. Uh, yeah, it's obviously. Community. Yeah, there's community too. Yeah, you need, you need both. Ah. Well, yeah, people just okay. Patting d- themselves it goes that goes back to honesty or dishonesty. So, okay, a dishonest interpretation of your words in a negative context is is dangerous and is is using speech for war. Whereas dishonest interpretation of your words or dishonest words on the active part is is harmful in that it's it's causing you to believe something untrue so that's giving someone a pat on the back 
when they're wrong because you don't want them to feel bad. But ultimately, that's short-term gains, gains and long-term. They're going to they're going to continue yeah. to be wrong about that, and there's consequences for right. for being wrong. And and so the the metric that you weigh that against is how much do I need to agree with you for you to feel like I um I'm going to continue to be your friend when I tell you that I disagree with you about something because on the surface level it doesn't even have to be being your friend or just being somebody that you would be willing to to, yeah, to hear so, a critique from so like I I was going to say um on a societal level Okay, we'll start with the community level. You don't throw someone out because you disagree with them. And then... Well, charismatics do. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I won't tell them Not what they can family. and can't do. Well, <laughs> apparently we do. But uh, I mean, I mean well, in the sense of a good strategy, I, you, don't, you shouldn't... I don't think you should throw out someone from your personal community because you disagree with them on something that, that isn't having, like life and death or dangerous like really actually dangerous consequences and then on a, a grander scale you shouldn't throw out people from the the, the more art the more um general community, ethereal i don't know softer community can communities because they they disagree with you on something like this yeah. guy thinks this let's get well, him out of the knitting so community on reddit like it's ridiculous uh, here, I, I think it comes back to the um, well it, it's about so so whenever there's a disagreement what does that mean it means that somebody or something is going to die here and hopefully that's not a human being but it could be just an idea in your head but the problem is that your ideas that are in your head are usually um, nested within a larger groups of ideas or you could call them ideologies whatever just like communities I don't know, we're throwing a lot of words around here. But, like, any idea that you believe, oftentimes it's connected to a community of people that you believe it with. And so, you know, if somebody pokes a hole in an idea that you think has a lot to do with the core of that community, then they might be throwing your com whole... Com if it's wrong, then that means your, your whole community might be at risk. Well, I think right? so there's, there's, a third, there. there's a third option. So you said, okay. like, well, a second option you said like in a disagreement either somebody or something has to die there can also be a insufficient evidence to execute like hmm. outcome where you know both of us sort of intuitively believe something we come up on that we try to argue each other's point neither side feels that yeah. the other was sufficient okay yeah so, so yeah. i wanted to ask you because you you spent some time trying to parse out like a couple of strategies for like what do you do when you disagree with somebody or how do you how what are the possible results for an argument? Do you remember? Did you come to anything? Any good stuff that. there? Oh, was that at Christmas? I want we talked about like we had a couple. Was that was that what that came out Maybe. of? Maybe I don't. Try, it was something you were talking that. to Sarah about. You were talking. This was a little bit earlier in last year, so maybe okay. you've lost it by now. But now he just ends relationship. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, and I think that's probably at least one of the things was like agree to disagree is an option, right? Well, or, and that's where you just kind of sideline that conversation and say maybe there's something else we agree mm -hmm. about. Or maybe you, you know that there's something else you agree about. Mm -hmm. And so you have to kind of then you, you shift the focus of your relationship there. to that. Yeah. Well, and so something I talk, was talking to Evan about the other day is that like if you 
Like, I think maybe a hospitable way of having a disagreement without even, you know, vocalizing it is like, I don't think you always need to let people know that you disagree with them. That's what, that's the yes and thing is that you can always disagree with somebody if you really want to, if you really want to look for a disagreement thing. But like, if you're trying to establish something, if you're trying to establish a relationship with somebody first, you you kind of give them, you give them some grace for some generalizations and say, okay, I, I probably agree with where you're going with that. So just keep going. Like it's not a, I certainly agree with like, I, again, with, with the, um, this, the sort of statement, I think we all agree with it. Like every time you say something, it's not perfectly true anyways. So if you just kind of take that as, as your stance, when you're starting a conversation with somebody, they say something that's not quite true. It's like, you don't have to point that out. You're looking for the ideal time to say that's wrong enough that maybe we could try to figure out, you know, we could, we could try to parse that out. We could try to explain why that's wrong. Fact check. <laughs> Not entirely true. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I think both parties need to be invested enough to, to, you know, see it through. And I, th I think that's sort of what you'd, what you'd be trying to feel out before you'd engage is like, if, if this per is this person care enough that I think that they're wrong? Cause if they don't care, like if they don't think your opinion has any value yet, then you're sharing it isn't gonna. It's just gonna be a, a waste of time. <laughs> and I, I guess that's again. I, it would be an agree to disagree, which isn't necessarily like you could just move past it. You could yeah. say it, but it's. I guess it has more potential for harm than potential for good. You or your at least your assessment at that time mm -hmm. would be that this could potentially harm, and I probably don't have enough sway here to, even. Uh, yeah, it, it, like potentially, I could learn that I'm wrong about thinking they're wrong, but they're not even may, might not even uh, see it worth it to try and convince me of that. So, so this is like I feel like we've got some stuff down here as far as kind of trying to really intellectually break down some of the really intellectually, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like okay, we're asking some some questions about it, but like when I usually start a conversation, I just start saying stuff. And I don't know where I'm going. I just start saying words. Like is this meta again? Pardon? Is this meta again? I mean, this whole thing is meta. No, but you're literally trying to see where <laughs> you're going. Just <laughs> I'm just saying that. He's doing it right now. Well, no, I, I, I guess I'm saying that because I literally, I, I wanted turning. to, because I want to see where this is going to go for a second. I, I want to maybe it's start a new conversation, I guess. Because I've just, but it, it's still meta because I want to, like, I've noticed how much life, my life has been experiencing that's not a good way of saying it. <laughs> what <laughs> i felt so much more like engaged with life and so much more interested in life since we've started having conversations more often like since we basically since we decided to sit down and start a book club it was like i've just everything that almost everything that i do seems to mean more now okay so it's like that's brought to light how useful it is to actually hear what other people have to say. So a lot of times when you're engaging with people on a just basic day-to-day -day level, you're not saying anything interesting to each other. You're going through the motions, you're running the script. I'd like to 
uh, buy this from some store. You just have the basic store conversation. You order at a restaurant, whatever. Like, you know what you both are going to say. You could play it out, and it's 90% correct. And there's nothing interesting happening there. Um, And then you're talking to the same people throughout the day about the same old things that happen, and you all agree because you live in a household with people of the same political association, affiliation. So we've talked a lot about our books that we're reading, and it's so interesting to hear the thoughts other people have about the same subject matter. And it doesn't occur to you yourself. Same with that other book club we did with the, the yoga class. Like yeah. they, there's, I got no value out of that thing myself, but hearing everyone else's ideas was so valuable. <laughs> yeah. And so, so yeah, like just all the conversation you've been having surrounding that, um, that brings to light like how useful it could be to hear other people's subject matter on what what topics, politics, like society in general. Yeah. Well. So yeah. So that's one side of it. But the, I th- I think part of like maybe I'm not even talking about conversation. Maybe more so just like community is like this is one of the most real and tight communities I feel like I've ever been a part of because like almost everything I'm doing, I'm thinking like, Oh, I can't wait to tell, tell the guys that mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. Because there's like a really established sense of like any one of us could probably say just about anything. Maybe that's because we know we kind of agree enough with each other about some core things. that is like, you, there's nothing you could throw at me that would make me, you know, that would make me disown you. So like, everything's it's totally free game here say as crazy of a thing as you want and 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 like i can get past it even if i really really disagree because like somehow i know that that like maybe you're just wrong and i would have a good intuition that it, it, one of us is going to be wrong as maybe my interpretation of, of why that, that that idea you're saying is so bad is just wrong or maybe what you're saying is just wrong like i i i have like a deep sense of like we're, we're going to get through this because we've we've been through enough together already so I, I i think that's that happens on a really micro scale with the conversation is like every time that you have an agreement or every time you make your way through a disagreement you establish that hey we made it through a disagreement that big or we made it through a problem that big and now we could we could maybe do that again but i think that was like what kind of was the seed that made this happen is that you and connor were having a conversation at uh your bachelor party and you're like He's saying things that I disagree with. <laughs> and this is interesting. I think you guys are talking about like uh, Calvinism or something. Uh, okay. And it, and it was like, oh, that was that was a fun disagreement conversation. And Maybe. Then out of that, like okay. we also well, happen to like reading books. Yeah, like I, I think this so is fun are, because I, I don't think we there's n- any uh, potential for like offense here. Well, this is the thing is even if there's a like like I, offense is the core of uh I mean on a really technical level that's just that's playing the game. It's like mm-hmm. oh you said something and now that offends me. And well, sometimes okay. I took like that was offensive to me that that I, I rephrase that all of us have a high tolerance for right, offense. Right, exactly. It's a tolerance thing. Yeah, we right. have like very high, and which is like why and why do we even probably have different tolerance for offense for each other. And then for other people, like why? Why do we have? Right. Well, that's the trust part of it. Is there like, like investment? To, you, you, 
so and I think I I don't know why a room seems like a good analogy for me, but anyways, when you, when you're building a house, when you're building a conversation with somebody, you every like I said every every disagreement you get through, you're establishing that level of trust with each other. You're really really and and I I guess I've been noticing this because I've been having a lot of really fresh conversations with people where it's like I've never talked to them before and just like like you're really tiptoeing around for a little bit and see how heavily can I step in this room? How how good are these floorboards going to hold us up because I don't know to what extent we agree to what extent we have a relationship and so you're feeling out and then building a relationship from there and then saying okay okay I can say that okay he he agreed with that okay maybe I can push a little bit deeper there mm-hmm. well I, I think uh, Eric Weinstein's talking about this where like you you can there's certain people you can sim- simulate easily and certain people you can't and this is an interesting group because I think we know each other well enough to simulate each other pretty well so that gets back to you you saying like when when we're not here like i i i agree like when i'm not at book club i'm oftentimes scripting like uh, trying to simulate you guys in a conversation but That's i'm also because you very don't, can't excited quite do it because i can't quite do it <laughs> so so it's 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 exactly to tie back to that earlier dichotomy of improv versus scripting i can try to do the scripting and that part's fun but i like can't quite do it so like then i get excited about oh i i wonder, I wonder what, what it's how this say, will yeah. go once we once we can get to that point it's it's kind of a a balance there where it's partly having investment and in knowing the person and then i don't know being uh I, I don't know what the other uh attribute is that makes someone hard to script there's like a, some sort of well, unpredictability isn't yeah, it, just it might of... just be intelligence I was, trying, <laughs> I was trying to avoid just saying like <laughs> i think part of it's that guys. everyone has a willingness to change and they are changing well mm. but like you, yeah. you, let's say you figure out like oh Garrett believes this and then the next week he's like I just heard about this and like and it kind well, of shifts his belief a little bit and yeah. even those little changes there's that but there's also the level of like a really and I, I so you said intelligence and that was funny but also I don't think it's just like it just really depends like there's a lot of theories of what intellect even means but there's just basically belief has to it presupposes a lot of cognitive dissonance you believe a whole bunch of things and it's not like they like you you don't ever believe things starting from one axiom you start with a couple different axioms and you build stuff and then eventually you realize there's disagreement between the structures you've built and you don't know which one of your axioms the virus is in which one of them needs to be buffeted or reprogrammed or rebuilt a little bit and so it's like it's tough, but you, and so you just you have a whole bunch of little things that you so I mean, to maybe be a little bit more clear about what I mean by an axiom. So it's just like just something you believe without evidence. It's just you start there. It's a starting thing. You just something seems to be true, and then you build things from that. You like say, okay, I think this, 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 and this are true, and then you try to be sort of logical from there. And like, if all of them are absolutely correct, which is impossible. Uh, all of the things that you build are going to be correct as well. But it's just like they're going to sort of approach correctness. They're going to be like, you're going to have axioms that are like pretty good and you're going to, maybe they're really pretty good. You're going to have axioms anyways. You're going you're gonna to believe things and you're going to build arguments based on them. And you... I'm, I'm getting lost in, in how... 
So yeah, wait. <laughs> I, does I does this does this connect in in that <laughs> in that like we we know each other's axioms, but none of us are so ideologically dedicated to an axiom that that's we can easily predict that that's the one that each other's going to play out. So like, I know I right. know that okay. there's yeah, I, yeah, I don't yeah. have that's one friend that's Garrett. I almost have like a dozen Garrett friends that all are, are different sides of his beliefs that can be applied yeah, really it's, it's on, just about on how almost a pragmatic level. Is. Yeah. It's like you guys have like enough. enough. You just call me you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all, all of you guys and then all of the, all of the versions of you oh, are unique dude. enough that I don't I always right. know which well, be, one I'll engage and, with. Well, because I, I don't even know which one you're going to engage yeah, with because it's, it's like they're all just like, and, and this is something I really like to do. Is like, so the conversation is something that's happening out here, but there's also little conversations happening inside of each one of a, mm-hmm. our usness, And it's like, it's awesome because you never know who's going to take the wheel and grab the mic and, and say something. I think that's like what you read is going to affect that too, though. It's like whatever's fresh. Right, okay, yeah. And like start these new ideas, you're like, oh, I wanted to try this out. I read this. So this little person in my head gets to have the mic and try this idea. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fun. And there's obviously a level of like different ideas you're kind of more or less invested in. And so the investment thing, that's the stakes thing. If we're kind of trying to do the economy analogy, it's like depending on how deeply you are invested in a particular set of ideas, that's how serious it is to you when somebody starts knocking on those ideas. Okay. Yeah, so right. the stakes are high if you're voicing an idea that's very important to you. Right. And there's a chance of it and being that's o- refuted. Like, that's okay, obviously, because you, you need to have things like you there needs to sort of be a rank ordering of like of of how you mm-hmm. invest in your ideas. You don't invest everything in one idea and you don't equally spread your investments out into all your ideas because some of them just seem to be better to you. So you should probably invest more deeply in those ideas. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the scientific analogy is there's scientific theories that you apply to whatever you're looking at that aren't always compatible with each other, right? So there's there's certain you know theories of the universe that you would use a different theory based on the situation. And if you're basically an ideologue is trying to use one theory for every situation and they're probably doing most things poorly mm-hmm. because of that. And and then so they they basically have the stakes are are too high on the one theory. They're overinvested. They they need to uh, diversify. All right, you really want to go there cuz I do have a wealth simple code. <laughs> diversify your portfolio, stick with your core axioms. Your main uh, <laughs> SP 500s, mm-hmm. and then maybe thirty percent or twenty percent. I, I just like the stock, man. Well, twenty percent of your portfolio into volatile ones again? that may go really high. That's 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 our that's our tithe. That's our our <laughs> our Sabbath, right? That's the diversity principle. Is that we invest in a certain idea to to a a, a majority of extent, and then we kind of. Make sure that we always leave some of our idea investment budget open to kind of throw around at other ideas that might not be as deeply ours. Did you see what I was kind of saying is like if you have like your general things that are more consistent and they're less likely to change like these like core very large companies, they don't move as quickly. Same with your ideas. And then you invest a little bit in these smaller ones that are likely to they might skyrocket or they might not or they'll crash but you don't have as much invested in them in the first place Mm -hmm. i love economics i know like literally zero about it but every time somebody starts talking about economics it just seems to like there's so (laughs) many great analogies to just game theory and life 
I'm well, not sure it's I just like the the game that we're playing, <laughs> yeah. like the human game. The most, it's like well, because games are simulations of basically that. That's the thing that we simulate <laughs> when we're calling them games, right? Right? Yeah, Is, who can get the most? Yeah, it's always it. <laughs> who can get the most? The. <laughs> <laughs> get the most <laughs> the most yeah just most you do you have the most <laughs> i have the most it's right here so are the richest people the best people then no they're the best people within that given game so, so okay so here's here's a this is a good i don't know if this is good anyways the, the there's a difference here's a thing <laughs> <laughs> so there's a an idea that i've been thinking about as far as like uh, thinkers and feelers. And I told you this a little bit before already, but like I'm, I've been thinking, I've been contrasting a lot stories and games. And you can let me know if you think this is a good, a good contrast because I've been applying this to a lot of stuff. And it, it, at least in my little brain, it's been making sense. But I think the difference between a game and a story is that a game has clearly defined rules. A game has a scoring system. A game has basically a, has a metric that says this is success. A story, on the other hand, is a lot more abstract. It basically can encompass an infinite number of metrics. But it's just a little bit harder necessarily to follow along. Like stories are always basically open to interpretation. That's the downside of them is that it's like there's, you know, you, you don't know if the good guy won. I mean, it, sometimes there's a really simple story and it's like very clear, you know, what's going on. It's like, to that extent, it just seems like it's a bad story or it's like a boring story because really interesting stories are stories that like are big, that, that spread into a lot of things that are abstract, that kind of pull a whole bunch of ideas together and you have to think about it. Okay, like, hold up. What, like, what's the same about a game and a story? You started explaining the difference. I don't know why. Like, what's the same? <laughs> like, obviously okay. they're different. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I guess both of them have a sense of progress. But it's okay. just that this the idea of progress within a story is a lot more abstract. And it's just like the difference between abstract progress and very metrified, metricified progress. Well, progress is just like units of time forward. Like, there's like... Well, so that's the game of time. But I'm saying, is <laughs> it the story of time? <laughs> the story, the story. Well, that's the thing. I think that both of them are like stories are just games that are more abstract, and games are just stories that are more simple, or more like clearly defined what progress is. Basically, it's just it's just about the goals that are involved. So the ethics of a story are very very abstract, and the ethics of a game, it's like it's very clear what is win and what is lose, right? Those are absolutes. With a story, it's like it's totally open. Or like the more it becomes a story, the more it becomes like a great work of fiction is like the more it becomes difficult to kind of say what's going on. The more it becomes difficult to really kind of parse out mm -hmm. this is success, this is this was this well, was failure. It's, it's this almost was win. just the game and the meta game. Okay. Right? Cause cause the game has a clear winner, but the meta game, if the winner's a sore winner, right. isn't a clear winner. <laughs> <laughs> right, which is now the story of the game. Right. So it's just how meta it gets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I, I, I don't know. I love. I freaking love dichotomies for some reason. I always want to like make make everything about. But I, I think that's a good one. Is just like simplicity versus complexity, 
because both of those different types of stories or games, whatever you want to call them, give you a different sort of bang for your buck. Well, a game is almost like internally complete, like it's an enclosed system. Yeah, and a, a story is an open but, system. Well, it's it's just that a game is a is is a system is an open system that leans more towards being closed, and a, and uh, a story is a is a is a. I think a story is an open system that leans towards being closed. An open system that's just open is just reality. And then a story is leaning towards being closed. No, no, and a no, game no. is enclosed. I don't, okay, you said you think reality is just... As soon as reality becomes reality, it stops being an open system because it becomes defined. Like Okay, so then, then the there's okay, just but in terms of story, nothing. Okay, so... You might have an idea here. I don't know if it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't either. I... I'm not seeing story and game as being the same category of thing at all. Like, so you wanted to compare a story to reality? Like, okay, so it can stop being a story because it just doesn't start or stop anywhere and you can just go look at someone else. Like, a story takes focus in on, it could be reality or some idea of what could be a reality. A game is something that is a specific thing i don't see it being related to a story necessarily you're analyzing success on some metric and you can analyze a larger game so you you can win the board game but lose the conversation game because you were an asshole because those are two different games but you're analyzing it in terms of games it doesn't have to necessarily like i guess that can be a short okay. story well i don't know the, the reason i i'm i'm just drawing the comparison in the sense that they both have the idea of progress and that's already what i said it's just like both of them are are trying to to kind of play with that idea in different ways games is playing with the idea of progress that like here are the rules stories we don't know the rules okay so they're just narratives right so but, but yeah so they're both narratives but one is more rule focused and one is more i don't know focused see the game itself is just the rules so there can be a narrative in a game within within the context of right okay especially modern video games too you well no that. any game it doesn't have to be yeah, that the way the definition of the game is like the rule book that's what right. the game is don't you put rules around stories based on genres right that's what I'm saying is that both of them have to include each other it's like a game still holds a little bit of storiness to it in the sense that like there's a start yeah. and an end and you're trying to get somewhere it's just that there's very clear the the boundaries at least are a lot more clear than a a, a great novel yeah. or even okay. just a, a, a an experience that you have and then you're telling a story about yeah. your experience. Like a, a good game should be a totally enclosed system of rules. There's bad just, games that are slightly open and they're almost just stories that you play with friends or something. Well, no, but okay. So what do you mean by open then? It's it's like you, uh, I guess, interpretable. Okay. In some sense, is Minecraft a good game? Um, is it a game? Is First Minecraft one, a, is game? It a game? <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, it blurs the line a little bit too because there's <laughs> not a clear. There's no. You don't win. <laughs> they do have. But a there way is. There win. is code. Code is law. Okay, that's what means it's closed. Well, no, that's what in I'm saying. In a sense, that, yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> You actually, I thought you were memeing, but actually that might be a good question because yeah. what even is success in that, right? Is it 
is it slaying the dragon so you can get its egg? That is, is what, like, building, there is an ending to is it? Is it building a big farm that spawns monsters and you collect their items? Or, like, automating stuff? Is it making a computer that, like, an yeah. actual computer in Minecraft? <laughs> With a logic skill Yeah, like, stuff. what's, so what's victory, right? Like, it kind of isn't a game. Well, it's, is that the requirement of game? Because you said rules. Earlier you said rules are the requirement. Yeah. And I'm the code sure is the rules. Yeah. Kind of. So, so to my, as far as my whole analogy thing and my comparison, this dichotomy thing is that, yeah, a game is something with a clearly defined destination or at least a lot more clearly defined like goal. Like like there's, there's winning terms. It's it's rules and a goal. And a lot of the time within a story, the permissible actions are, are outside of what we would think in terms of a a game normally. Mm -hmm. Like a story seems so open-ended and you can win the game by doing just about anything and winning the game just means accomplishing the goal right but so stories are are you can have a short story about a a simple game and it can be interesting it's probably not that interesting but a story about the grand game of life is a lot more interesting because the goal can be so lofty and it the story can establish a goal and make it clear whether or not yeah. the person was victorious, well, or it can be more nebulous and you're not sure what victory was supposed to be. Right. Well, the the other side of it is that I think games are more experienced through or more interacted with through thinking. It's not as much of a feels experience. Whereas stories are more about feeling. And obviously both of them are things you have to use both faculties to experience. It's funny because you're trying to make a, a dichotomy, like you said. And it kind of is one of those things where there can... I'm just saying it leans in yeah, this direction. Yeah, I know. They, they both include Because you have like story-based but, games. Yeah. Again, well, what's, the, what's the difference between thinking and feeling? Well, okay, so the difference between... Okay, maybe. <laughs> this, is, this is quite a can What's of worms, it? but I mean, <laughs> if you're going to make that statement, I, you got you to gotta okay. at least well, it's, say... I, I've just, I'm leaning more into rules versus like... Or, or few rules versus many rules. Simple system versus complicated system. Complicated system is more story. Simple system is more game. So that, I mean, that, that moves away from the definition of goal. Because really... I guess the the more complicated the rules, the harder it is to define the goal. So in a in a a very obvious game, the rules even would point to the goal. Like you could almost tell the goal based on the rules. In reality, you know, we we have people that think that you can look at the laws of physics and find the goal, but it's not exactly obvious that that's the case. Because because the because the the rules are so complex, they don't point to a goal. Kind of using the the word rule in two different a ways, law. kind of. Well, like the rules of a game, as like the ways, like I guess the ways that dictate how you're allowed to play. Yeah, it. the things and you're then, allowed to. And do then the so rules are like the laws of physics dictate. How yeah, those you're are able the rules function. of reality. <laughs> So I, I guess another way of saying is that though that like games would be more bottom up and stories would be more top down. Well, isn't the opposite? 
the game is more top down where where you have the goal and then you create rules to point you to the goal so the the you should be able to read the rules and kind of see what the goal is the story is bottom up where there's seems to be rules in the in, but you're trying to figure out what anyone's trying to do so like in that, that's sort of the, the more complicated the rules the more hard it is to see the goal was like if if I'm trying to if I'm trying to teach someone a game or someone's trying to teach me a game, the first question is what's the goal? Am I trying to get a high score, a low score? Yeah. But it's, and then you explain the mechanism through which I get points. Whereas a story, you kind of start by explaining, you know, this is a way that you get points. Is it good to get points? We don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, but it's not necessarily like so points are a thing that we invent for small games that we make to uh, represent progress in some towards some goal <laughs> now we can set our goals arbitrarily so we talked about if is is minecraft a game it's more of a universe like reality is a universe you can make your goal to accrue a lot of wealth and have a safe and easy and and comfortable and pleasurable living or you can try to have as much pleasure as possible, or you can try and propagate your lineage, or you can try and build something great that people will recognize. Like there's, you can set any goal. Yeah, you know what? I, I think I think I've made made a mistake, because even though the rules are more clear with games and less clear with stories. It might actually be more so the case that um, with stories, the idea of morality or ethics or progress is more clear. Got to try to digest that for a second, but because the to some degree, telling a story, it's more of a. Well, that's remember the conversation we had with Ken. Yeah, it, it's it's ign ign ignorance of, or it's like it, it's intentionally discarding most of the information. Well, yeah. So I think the rules are the most clear in a story, in that people, if you if your story doesn't follow some set of rules, people are eventually just going to stop listening. Right? If it if like it doesn't make sense, it's stupid. It's like. It's like, I'm going to stop listening. But you don't have to have a goal. In fact, typically what I'm trying to do is figure out the goal based on the rules that you seem to be following with the story. Because And that's sort of like a simulation of, of a life. I'm sort of... People seem to be following rules in society and I'm trying to figure out what we're trying to pursue, why we're following these rules. What's the goal? Yeah. yeah. This is this is a. I don't know. It's a, it's. A, that that the the compare like I I don't know why I want to put those two things in the same. Like I I, I don't I why I want to compare those two things. I guess I just had the intuition that okay like if there's sort of, you know, well, I, at least the feeling thinking thing lines up with it pretty well anyways. The, you wanted to draw some 
relationship between thinking and game and feeling and story is that it yeah that was your intuition that those are related in that way i think we need to talk more about thinking and feeling later yeah but what we can say at least now is that games occur within systems and you can tell stories about things that occur in that system (laughs) okay so (laughs) games and stories are both simulations simulations okay well you got to be clearer about what you mean by simulation because i'm not i don't know i don't know why that is a word that should encompass both they're like they're i don't know in some way separated from reality but they need to be like enough to be to reality for us to do them so they're like they're like little distilled versions of reality Mm mm-hmm um, but I, I think maybe you're onto something with what they're distilling from reality. Whereas a game is is distilling the situations where you're in pursuit of a goal, it, typically in competition, sometimes in cooperation with people, and a story is pursuing where you're trying to intuit rules. Yeah, well, and to, for some reason, like a story seems more inclusive to me. Like a game is very much like, no, you're not allowed to do that in this game. With a story, there's so much more room for mystery and like mm-hmm. what anything could happen here because yeah. like you, it's it's this, and, and to maybe relate it back to the whole uh, agreement versus disagreement thing, it's like a a story is more is more the yes and principle, and a game is more is more like a, a shutting down of and a cutting out of certain things and saying mm-hmm. this is what we're gonna do. This is a very clearly defined metric of this is this is what's happening. Right yeah, now. but you. You, we we said as a definition of a story, that's what it is. When you tell about your day, it's about cutting out all the other things and specifically focusing on certain things. Though that's true, but it's just that as so to to that extent, a story is like as a distillation of information. But it's just that you're you're still sort of trying to evoke many things by whatever you're telling that story. You're, it's like you know you're you're simplifying it, but like the idea is that. This isn't all there is. This is a story to kind of represent something. I, yeah, I, well, that's it what it's about. It's a representation. It represents. Well, that's what I meant. Like it, it's a simulation of the way you live. A, this, like I won't watch a recording of your whole day, but I'll listen to you simulate your day, which right. is really just the pattern or the rules that you lived by through the day. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't tell me what the goal is, but it tells me it simulated the rule aspect of the reality. The rule aspect of it? Yeah, the the, the pattern. Hmm. Well, because I, I think what's... I mean, just thinking about telling somebody about my day, the only things I tell you about them are the things that don't meet the pattern. Like, I, I, I don't tell you... Like, it's like if it's normal for me, it's not worth discussing. When I talk to you about my day, I tell you about the weird hiccups that happen. Okay, yeah, so, so maybe pattern is a misleading word to use there. But like in what you did in the more unique scenarios, tell me your values. Tell me your rules. Tells me about the rules that you live by. Like the, right. the it tells me about the big patterns that you live mm-hmm. by. So, right? so so in some way though that it's it's like it's getting at more things. It's it's including principles that that talk about more things than just like so. With a game, as I'm saying, a game is much more closed. It's like a game is about this and doing this and mm-hmm. like trying to get here. Yeah. But like a story is, is could it's like as far as application of it, it's about everything, hopefully. 
Mm-hmm. I would, on how I would, good of a story it is. I would ultimately probably be trying to derive your goals based on the decisions you made. I could kind of say what you would, I, I would, as a listener, try to say right. what and you would do. And to the extent doing. that you find the story compelling, though, it's like that's letting you know maybe some the story. Or it's like like it's, what we are doing, right? Or or yeah, and and the, to, the, to the more the more you extrapolate that into a more abstract thing, it's like what reality is doing, mm-hmm. right? And like in what, <laughs> which is sort of what I mean by the rules, or the goal. Sorry, right? The goal, yeah, because the the rules are a separate thing. Yeah, the rules are are in the story. When when you when you tell me a story when you tell me about the exception and how it went I, s- you would see a rule like that's what archetypes are, they're the rules in our in our the patterns or the rules. It's okay. like it, people embody this character and when they do that this happens. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a rule. Okay, that's good. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I think I, I think one last thing about you're saying rules. So I guess rules more co- aligns with the universe, like the laws of that system, and the game is mostly just the goal. So a story is interesting in terms of how the protagonist reaches the large goal, because the r- rules for that game are so ill-defined. But the rules for the system are well understood if it's based on your reality. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, it's just like... So, games are interesting because it is it is a closed system and like to the extent that the, it's a good game, it's like that's to the extent that it's like reflecting reality very well. And like if you can learn how to be good at that game, those strategies might serve you well in other games. And it's like a game is useful because it might be useful in, in, in meta games. But a story, similarly is like it's it's totally approaching things from that end it's like this is about all of the games or about a large number of games and you you would figure out whether or not it's useful by applying it to more specific games is, is that i don't know that kind of made sense in my head is that is that landing for everybody sleepy, sleepy. I, i'm just i'm not sure if that's your your definition of like a game being a good game if it's what did you say? Do you remember? A, a game is a good game if the principles you learn in it might... Cut. I guess maybe they contribute to the story you can tell about reality. Or like, a game is a good game if um, if the principles you learn from playing it are applicable to other games. Or the strategies you learn from playing it. It's like, it, it's a really... It's not that interesting of a game if it's too specific and too specialized that anything you learn how to, how to do it is totally counterintuitive to everything else you would, or, or totally counter, like just the opposite of useful for everything else you would well, want to do. Uh, I, I think a game is a good game if the rules don't dictate how to win. I w- okay, so this brings it back to what I was thinking about large games. Like you said Minecraft, and I was thinking like, well, what about World of Warcraft or any MMO? you have players who play them drastically differently because we call it a game, but in itself, it's not a game. It's a system. Like, it's a universe. It's a story. Yeah, Yeah, so it can contain stories and it can contain games. Right. So World of Warcraft has combat games where people play one versus one battles or group battles. 
or it has games where you're playing like against programmed enemies and you have to accrue a lot of gear and high levels or it has games where people just go on there and pretend to be different people and tell stories. Yeah. Well, so like, that's not a game. I think the, the definition of a game is a system. So he say, he say, it's yeah, a universe. Yeah. So yeah. A system and it is has universe, games okay. and it has stories. So, yes. Right. Well, I think it's a... Uh, yeah. That's yeah. a good set so of terms, being, though, is that systems, games, and universes, games and, and stories exist within systems. Okay, Connor. Is systems just... Like it's a word. It means I'm equating that to universe, system, universe. Yeah, it's just like reality. What is systems? You, what do you say about? But it doesn't uh, have to be reality because you just said that World of Warcraft is. It's reality. <laughs> Why is it not reality? It is in the sense that we say every, any other book is the Bible because it, it says, <laughs> it it's a version the of reality principles. Okay. Well, so to some extent, yeah. It's how analogous. is it outside of reality? Are you are you saying that I'm saying it's not outside of reality? He's saying that it is a reality, and, and a lot of people, in fact, live their lives in those realities, and often a problem because you are a physical body. So but you, they don't leave this reality and enter that reality. I mean, at the neglect, I was making a point. <laughs> yeah. Neglect of your own body. No, but I think that's to, to further my point that it is just reality. That you can't. They're they're not like it's not outside of this reality in a new reality it is just part of reality that is i don't know it's maybe sure more... it's, it's in this one but not everyone's in it I, I think maybe it's more of a story it's it's on the spectrum of reality to story it's leaning towards story in that it has more clearly stated rules in that it runs on code right yeah, the the rules are definitely more okay. clearly stated than I'm, our reality. I'm I'm I think maybe what even led me here to this this silly little dichotomy and I think it might be useful is just that like I think that might be a fundamentally the difference between the way different sorts of people solve problems because some people really are people who are like not usually if you're a good listener you're more inclined to be willing to take in a whole bunch of details and kind of let the game be really, really big. If you're a thinker, if you're somebody who likes to win games, you're somebody who wants to kind of distill everything down to the rules as quickly as possible so you can solve a situation. But the other type of person is somebody who's a lot more um, not quite as focused on the solution so I guess the progress thing can't even be their their common common commonality because, yeah, like like some people it's like you get to a solution you get to a better destination somehow just by, um, just by feeling it together. I don't know. But yeah, it's like there's there's two ways of solving problems. One is like clearly defining the rules and and then working from there and solving it. And sometimes a problem is for some reason solved just by like feeling it together. And I don't know, I don't know why that is. I know that there's definitely a preference between different sorts of people between solving problems in, in those different ways. And that, that is, that, that seems to me to be a good kind of cut down the middle of like, those are two common strategies and they're very different. There's, okay. the, there's the story and there's the game. Well, I'd... yeah, they're two, they're two strategies or tools which are necessary at different times because it sounds like you're talking about the circumstance where someone is explaining a problem they have and they want a certain response from another person yeah so 
you can try to solve their problem or you can just feel the problem with them depending on what they want and i maybe just being somebody who likes to play games more i want to try and understand why is it that just feeling a problem makes it better <laughs> well what's because in that case the goal that you're defining as the listener is that there is a problem that needs to be solved but the speaker is defining the problem as I have frustration from something I've experienced but I don't care to change the world yeah the disconnect you're seeing is is a non-explicit goal so you're just not aligning so in game why why you like games is because the goals are explicitly stated the problem with stories is the goals aren't explicitly stated um, and so that's why they can be just felt you don't really need to do anything they can just be heard just telling the story sometimes you get to the end well <laughs> the end of the story and, and I guess the if the goal of the story is to conclude itself then it's a game and and you win yeah you can speed run oh. that shit yeah. <laughs> is the uh, Lord of the Rings it's like it's like it's a, a universe. Story. It's a it's a, yeah. The Lord of the Rings is a story. Well, like story. it does have a clear end, but his, his but it doesn't. Goal but it doesn't have a clear there. goal. His 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 goal wasn't to get to the end of. Well, the story. characters have goals, right? And, and characters seem to have goals, but they don't always pursue the goals that you thought they had. Or sometimes, sometimes a twist is that they were pursuing another goal that you didn't see. And I think that that's what that's a f a fun thing to simulate in reality because you are not always aware of everyone's you know goals, and that's why sort of games are fun because all of a sudden you're hyper because in some cases you are aware of everyone's goals and you're just straight up competing for them, and that's also a fun thing to simulate. Okay, well the way that you end a conversation <laughs> is you figure out when you're not interested in having it anymore that's the key mode I'm, ha I'm having right now i can't can't grasp this it's there's a i think it's, we've it's not the, the critical interest. point i think for a lot of us it's the ability to maintain attention any longer i, I think yeah. we got to a very interesting t topic late in the conversation yeah you just breached something new and i'm like shit i want to talk about yeah, this, this now <laughs> but i was done two minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> I, I i hate how that happens i've literally already no, no, had like perfect because <laughs> now you gotta because, yeah that's that's the that's the, the way of actually having a good ending to a conversation because then you you want to come back for more mm -hmm. but you're like you understand this is the end but this is not the end yeah, yeah i'll have to listen to this back when i have more <laughs> mental to... fortitude because i'm not yeah. well wait a second so they said that's things? the other thing is that evan and i figured out so we, we, i wanted to also just discuss some basic like format shit and like we, we figured out that we want to do i want to do 0.5 episodes we recorded one yesterday Want to do like sometimes you have a conversation and you get to the end and there's like more you need to process and you want to come back to it, but it's not like you need to necessarily come back and have a full conversation. You just need to kind oh, okay, of wrap up five. some loose loose end loose ends. Sure, after show. Especially, I was I had that thought if you were talking to someone and you don't necessarily, you know, have that much to contribute yourself. Not even that. It's that when I listen to your conversation without me, 
I was like, I have things that I want to say. <laughs> so, and, and then if you're talking to someone, we're all going to want to talk about it. So yeah. we're going to have to have a, a 0.5. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm down to different. If you guys want to come over and do some 0.5 episodes, I was just doing it with Evan because he's handy all the time. And sometimes I just have ideas I want to want to flesh out with him. But if you guys want to come over and do some 0.5 episodes, I'm I love 0.5. Yeah. <laughs> 0.5 sounds good. Especially because, I mean, when it, I, I hope to have some guests that their time would be limited because they're they're busy and they're interesting enough. Yeah, they're good <laughs> guests if their time's limited. That just means that we're we might talk about some stuff that like yeah, guys, is I have good. to go. Actually, I have another thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, this is a good guest. <laughs> Don't want a two mile cord, but I do have something. <laughs> after literally, this. what dictates he it had on Joe Rogan? Else planned today? It's like whoa, two hour interview. Yeah, must <laughs> be a good guest. It's ten o'clock at night. I've got to go do something else. Well. <laughs> So yeah, so sometimes I've already run into a couple of situations like that, and it's like, gotta keep talking about that because there's more there. Got it. So we'll do that, and that's a. It's it's nice to end an end a conversation on a point where it's like that. I still got that conversation has to continue in here, and then later on, when 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 that conversation is distilled down to something that's more interesting, I'll let somebody take the mic and 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 share what I've the conversation I had inside my head, and we'll have another good conversation outside here in a, in a real room. Hmm. But until then, I think that's the end of the inaugural episode of This Could Be Interesting. Damn I hope you, it was you. interesting. Don't know if it was, but I hope so. <laughs> oh, you're supposed to say that at the beginning. Oh, yeah, true. Well, this could have been interesting. Well, that was interesting. If you enjoyed this conversation, consider sharing it with someone else you think might enjoy it. Even better, try to find someone you think might disagree with something here and take some time to listen to their perspective. Try to have a meaningful, good-faith conversation. I think if we can get better at this, we might actually change the world. Anyway, thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time.